I believe it is a year to be a proclaimer. Everybody say proclaimer. Pastor John said that about four times, five times in the last few minutes, and I believe it's the word of God for all of us as we progress in 2012. We have to begin to proclaim the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ like we never have before. And uh, in the book of Job, I don't know how many of you are reading through the Bible this year, but I'm to Job in my Bible reading. Some of you are reading by a different plan, but the plan I'm using, I'm in Job. And, you know, over the several years that I've read through the Bible, Job, I have to say, is probably not one of my, you know, books that I say, oh, yes, I get to read Job. But there are a few things in there, not, not a lot of scriptures that I've highlighted, but these things, there's one that says, though he slay me, yet will I serve him, trust him, walk with him. And how many of you know there are times where you feel like, wow, but we keep on going. We, we just keep going toward God. And, uh, but this other one is in, in uh, Job, and it's in Job twenty two twenty eight. And uh, I just want to read it to you because I believe it just gives us encouragement to start saying what we believe. Turn to your neighbor and say, say, say it like you believe it. You know, uh, oftentimes I think we're intimidated by what's around us. But uh, I believe God is ready to raise up people who are willing to speak when God says to speak and are not concerned what other people are going to be uh, thinking about what they say or what they do. And this is what it says. You will also declare a thing and it will be established for you. So light will shine on your ways. And, you know, we sometimes I think as the body of Christ, we forget who we are. Uh, Like Pastor John said when we were taking communion, the fullness of God is inside every person who knows Jesus Christ. The fullness of God. That prayer in Ephesians 3, 14 through 21, when I was a single mom years ago and uh, lived in Tulsa, God gave me those scriptures in Ephesians 3, 14 through 21 to pray over myself every day. That's what the Holy Spirit quickened me to do. Pray those scriptures over yourself every day, and you will come to know the love of God like you have never known it before. Well, the prayer of God worked in my life, and all that love that God had for me, even in all my messes, overtook every fear that I had. And how many of you know it's great to live fear-free? Fear-free especially when you're alone with three children in a city where you don't know very many people. That scripture, that whole set of scripture, I put my name in it. I put me where it said anything instead of us or they or whoever. I said me, you know, that I would know the height and the length and the depth and the width of God's love, that, that I would come into an understanding of what it means to have the fullness of Christ in me. And the hope of glory in me. And as I prayed that over myself every day, something changed in my life. Say this, prayer works. And tonight I feel to just share with you, um, the beginning of this year, it's time to pray and it's time to preach. Everybody say pray and preach. Pray and preach. And I want to show you something. Uh, This week on Tuesday morning, I started praying in here with a few people just as a a time to pray for uh, things that I'm involved in and just some special needs that I felt to pray for. And in the midst of praying, I was reminded, you know, when you start praying, something stirs up on the inside of you. And before long, you're talking like somebody who really has authority, (laughs) you know, and when it's all over, you think, wow, was that me? Uh, There's something, the Holy Spirit that we talked about, that power that's on the inside of us. He who is able 
the one that puts that power on the inside. When you stir up that gift on the inside of you, begin to pray. There's something that happens on the inside. And as, as I was praying, I felt like God was telling me things, even as I was praying them, that we need to do in the body of Christ. And so I want to share them with you tonight because I believe you have an opportunity to change your life the life of those people around you. A year ago, God said to me, start positioning people where they're supposed to be, where I tell you they're supposed to be. Well, you know, we have to position our children. How many of you have some children that aren't in the right position? Well, we have authority to position them where they're supposed to be because God has given that authority to us. And so tonight I want you to look at at Psalm 68. We're going to start with uh, the preaching part and then we'll go to the praying part. And uh, I pray God will make this as real to you as it did as he did to me. But it says in Psalm 68, it says the Lord gave the word. Great was the company of those who proclaimed it. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're in the company. We're in the company. You know, this is what the company is in in the uh, Hebrew. An army, a company, a host, a battalion, a throng, a division of soldiers. You know, there's a very real battle in the world today. And it has nothing really to do with the things that a lot of people think we're fighting for. There's a spiritual battle. Would you say that? A spiritual battle. And spiritual battles are, one, proclaiming spiritual truth. They're not won by deciding, you know, who's right and who's wrong and who should have done this and who should have done that. And as we as we look at that and understand that, then we understand we have purpose in the earth to decree a thing and it shall be established. Why? Because the very presence of a living God is on the inside of us. And so we're in the earth to bring about what he has already ordained to become a part of this earth. We're supposed to bring it about as we pray. As we pray, as we preach the word of God. And this is what this scripture is talking about. The Lord gave the word. Great was the company of those who proclaimed it. Pastor John must have said that four or five times when he was up here earlier. And I thought, God, I'm understanding that we're supposed to proclaim something. Amen. And this is what we proclaim. He is able. He is able. Now, you can proclaim that all day, but really... When you begin to live it is when you start to decree things that he says are supposed to be this way and you stand and you speak that and you believe that he is able to do whatever you say. And I know that that may be strange to some of you that are here tonight visiting with us, but God gave us his word for a purpose. And we are to read it. We're to study it. We're to put it in our heart. And we're to live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. But we're also to let God's word proceed from our mouth in a way that brings people to an understanding of who Jesus is. And so as I was looking at this, I looked at Mark 16. You know, this was the commission that Jesus gave the disciples uh, as he was departing from the earth. And uh, we just talked about the fact that that his death gave us liberty. His death also gave us authority. And uh, it says in Mark 16, 15, go into all the world and preach. Everybody say preach. Preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, turn to your neighbor and say, do you believe? Now, this is what you do if you believe. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Not they might, they will. Everybody say they will. 
Now, I, I believe that as our confidence grows in who we are in Christ, and, and I believe as Pastor John shared that, Ephesians 3, 14 through 21, that's what that scripture did on the inside of me. As I prayed it over myself, it changed me from a wimp who was afraid of every little thing that happened and, and was always concerned of the doom and gloom that might happen that really never happened. How many of you have things that you just worried about forever and they never did happen? Hallelujah. And you wasted all that time thinking about it. When you know what God says and you become a proclaimer of what God says, then you get the liberty that God says that you have. It just comes as you proclaim what God says. And it says in verse 19, so then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. That's where he is positioned. Everybody say positioned. That's where Jesus is. And they went out and preached everywhere the Lord working with them. Well, if he's positioned in heaven, how is he working with them? By the power of the Holy Ghost. That he who is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all you ask or think goes on to say, according to the power that works in you. Everybody say it works. That's this works, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. We are on the edge of accompanying signs happening. Boom, 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 boom. Even those of us who will participate are going to go, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. He did it. You know, and, and that's not a lack of faith. It's just that we're going to be amazed at his goodness, at his power, at the anointing that he's releasing into the earth through those who are proclaimers. Everybody say proclaimers. Just like it said, the Lord gave the word and great was the company of them who proclaimed it. You know, the Lord gives the word, but people proclaim what God says, and he is with us. Now, as I looked at this, you know, it says in Ephesians uh, chapter 4, and uh, I, I love this scripture because it, it identifies what the job of the pastor is and what the job of the people in the congregation, what, what the two duties are. Our position as the pastors are to equip. Everybody say equip. Everybody say equip. Now, what does that mean? It means to help people be all they're supposed to be, that God has created them to be, and exhort them and edify them and teach them and train them how to do the work. Everybody say work of the ministry. Now, let me read it so you'll, you'll understand I didn't make it up just for us. And he himself gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the son of God to a perfect man. If you were here last week, we talked about what that means. A mature person to the measure of the stature of the, of the, of the, of Christ. See what pastor John said earlier. Listen, that's the Holy ghost church. I mean, I've heard him say communion. I've heard a lot of people give communion in this church. But tonight, he said that scripture. Tonight, he said, proclaim, I don't know how many times. That is the Holy Ghost. Are you understanding? See, if the Holy Ghost is given instruction, then he is with you to do it. I mean, specific instruction. So, proclaim and the fullness of Christ. See, the same scripture. Till we all, till we all come to the unity of faith... 
and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, we already know because Christ is in us that we have the fullness, but we all have to come to the unity of faith that is true and we begin to operate in what is on the inside of us. How many of you know that all of us have the love of God? It says the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. But how many of us operate in that every day full strength? Well, I'm going to ask you, and we don't want to lie in church. Hallelujah. But, but none of us do that every day to the fullest, do we? But, but it's here. It's in us. But we're learning to flow with the Holy Spirit in those things that he's put on the inside of us. It takes a while to understand, and I don't know if we ever will, that we have the fullness of Christ in us. That means when we speak, he is speaking. I mean, this is amazing. This is amazing. That's why we lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Not they might, if you have enough faith. No, they will recover because the fullness of Christ is in us. We grow in our faith. We grow by doing what God gives us to do. So as I was looking at this, it says in Ephesians 2, 6, you know, we just read where Jesus is seated. You know, he left the earth and he is seated in heavenly places. But we are seated next to him. Everybody say, help me understand. (laughs) What does that mean? It says in Ephesians chapter 2, in the word of God, that in the SC, and raised us up. Well, let's go up above four. Verse 4, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were still dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Where are you positioned? Where are you positioned? See, we're in the earth. But we're not of it. Why? Because we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. What does that mean? Positionally, we are joint heirs with him. He is with us, working with us by the power of the Holy Spirit. We have the authority that he has seated at the right hand of the Father, but we have it right here in the earth. Is that amazing? Now, see, this has to become revelation in our hearts, but we take the word of God and we put it in our heart and then God matures that word on the inside of us until finally when somebody says, I don't feel well, we've already got our hands on them. The other day I had my little granddaughter in here and uh, she's two and um, she walked through the sanctuary and she says, oh, we need to pray for Jesus. And I thought, well, we probably don't need to pray for him, but... uh, when she came in through this sanctuary, when she walked into this room, we, we weren't talking about Jesus, but when she came through here, she said, we need to pray for Jesus. Well, what she's saying is somebody in her little room in the two-year-old room has taught her to pray for Jesus to do things and, and, and at home. And so she's getting on to this. But, but what amazed me was when she walked through here, she walked right up here and stopped and said, we need to pray for Jesus. And then she went in my office and kept yakking about who knows what, hallelujah. It wasn't like, but, but I believe that where the presence of the Lord, see the presence of the Lord, somehow she associates this in here as being someplace where we pray for Jesus. Everywhere we go, he goes with us. Everybody say, he's with me. Now, for some of you are sitting here thinking, oh, that might not be the best thing. But he goes everywhere. 
He, he'll go everywhere with you because he's in you. And so everywhere we go, we go with the anointing of God to make things different. We are preachers. Everybody say we are preachers. Now, now this is, this is kind of like a new revelation to a lot of people because they go to church and they think, well, you know, we got to get the pastor. I mean, if we really want help, we're going to have to get the pastor. Well, the Bible says that the pastor equips the saints to do the work of the ministry. And what is the work of the ministry? Lay hands on the sick, cast out devils, speak in new tongues, take authority, take dominion. See, it's not, it's, it's the fullness of Christ that makes things happen and causes things to change. And so in this church, from the very beginning, that's been our goal, is that we equip people to get in touch with Jesus themselves and to be able to walk in the fullness of who he is in them, not who he is in us, who he is in them. And so as we begin to walk in that, you know, uh, the message that Pastor John preached the first of the year, that such as I have, that's what I give. See, we equip people to live in their such as I have. Not, well, such, you know, if we just get Pastor John over here, this will be under control. We can't think like that. Now, Pastor John can come and put agreement with our word. We can go and agree with somebody else's word. But it's the fullness of Christ that changes that situation. And all of us have that. Turn here and say, that's amazing. That's amazing, isn't it? That God would want to live in you, that he would want to make his habitation in us. Now, there's a, there's a scripture in 2 Corinthians 5 that says we are ambassadors for Christ. So, you know, sometimes I think people get mixed up and they think the only people who are really in ministry are the people in the pulpit or the prophet or the evangelist. Really, all of the body of Christ is in ministry. Everybody say in ministry. I mean, we're in ministry because we're ambassadors for Christ. We carry the life of God with us wherever we go. And this scripture in Romans uh, chapter 10, if you will turn there, I want now we know this is where it talks about if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. But as you go on from there, it says, uh, verse 13 of Romans 10, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everybody say, whoever calls. You know, we, we, we're not the judge of who gets saved. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Uh, oftentimes when people pass on to heaven, you know, people will say, well, I don't, I don't know if they were saved. Well, until the very last second, if they called on the name of the Lord, it's not going to be what they did their whole life. It's going to be, did they call on the name of the Lord? And if they did, they are saved. And, but it goes on. It says, how then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a, without a what? Okay, turn to your neighbor and say, you are ordained <laughs> as a preacher. <laughs> now you may say, ooh, that might be trouble. Hallelujah. Such as I have, I give to you. Do you know, if you look in the book of Acts, chapter 9, right after Paul was saved, it says, and immediately, immediately, as soon as Saul, it says, and immediately, he went out and preached Christ everywhere. Now, I mean, this is just a few days after he was persecuting all the people. And he was trying to kill people. He even was there witnessing Stephen being stoned. This is a man who had not lived for Christ. But immediately after he received the Holy Spirit, as soon as his eyes were opened and, and the Lord told him what he expected of him, it says immediately he preached. Everybody say immediately. 
See, you are a preacher as soon as you receive Jesus Christ. You're all looking at me like, ooh. You have the ability to give what you have. And the fullness of Christ is in you, and you are a preacher. How can they hear without a preacher? You know, somebody has to tell them. That's why we have missionaries all over the world. Because Jesus said, when the whole gospel's been preached, then I'll come again. Well, why do we send people around the world? So people can hear about Jesus. So somebody can preach to them the truth of the gospel so that they can receive Christ. And then he will come again for the church. And so as we, as we study the scripture, we are very vital to what God is getting ready to do in the earth. We are preachers. We are all preachers of the gospel. Now, I'm not talking about a five-fold gift that's called to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Those five-fold gifts, they're called, those are, those are God says who's supposed to be in those positions. And that's a, that's a gifting that comes from God to equip. Everybody say equip. But all of us have been called to preach and give the gospel to every person that we come in contact with. Now, this is what God began to show me. Um, I've been in the ministry 35 years now. And, you know, over the years, you, you can tell people you ought to share Christ. You know, the, the church ought to be sharing Jesus. Do you know when you start sharing Jesus is when you become very custom to Jesus yourself. You know, when, when you're very comfortable with him in your own relationship, it just starts to happen. How many of you have experienced that? You, you run into somebody and, and something God's done for you before you know it, you're telling them about it. You know, um, I was with this um, young lady not very long ago, and I was with my girls, uh, my daughters, and uh, my two of my granddaughters, uh, Elizabeth and Lori, and, and then Rachel, and Annabelle and I went to dinner with my friend and her daughter and, and uh, another gal she calls her daughter. And her, her daughter is just getting hold of the things of God. I mean, just, and I mean, we weren't in the door two seconds till she had Elizabeth on her phone trying to give her a Bible reading plan for the year. And so we're, we're at a dinner place, and they're there trying to make her, her phone do a Bible reading plan. And then it wasn't very long, she, she started talking to me, and she said, um, I, I just need, she said, I've, I, I've, I think that, the, I think that that devil is after me because I've seen some dark things, and it's like it scared me. It was when I was going to sleep, and it scared me, and I think it's because I'm starting to talk about the things of God. Do you think that's possible? <laughs> now, we're eating dinner. This is dinner, and I said, yes, that's very possible. She said, well, I need prayer. I need a prayer that I can pray so that when I go to bed at night, that thing will leave. I said, well, you bind it and you tell it to go in the name of Jesus. Oh, she said, here, here's my phone. <laughs> she lives by her phone. And she said, here's my phone. Type me a prayer and send it to you. And then I'll, it'll be on my phone and then I'll just punch you and there'll be my prayer and I'll pray it. So I gave her a prayer. Thank you, Lord, that you are here with me. You are always with me. Thank you that you hear me when I pray. It wasn't a prayer of, oh, dear God, I see a black thing and it's coming after me. And I don't know what we're going to do. And oh, God, help me. There was none of that. It was, thank you, Lord, that you are always with me. Thank you that you are here and the blood of Jesus covers my house. Thank you that everybody in this house tonight will sleep peacefully and we'll wake up in the morning rested. And I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Boy, she hit the button, and away it went to me. It's still on my phone. And, and then the next day, I get a text. I had the most peaceful rest I've ever had in weeks. You know what? Jesus is real. Jesus is real. Now, that's a dinner in a restaurant. See, we, we, don't, have to, we don't have to be worried about God giving us an opportunity. There are opportunities all the time. But what she wanted was a prayer. I need more prayers, she said. I need more of these. <laughs> you got to know her. She, she's just a delightful young girl. But she, she, I need more of those prayers because I don't know how to pray right now. And I said, okay, so today I sent her prayers that avail much, a little thing that fits in her purse, and it's got prayers for just about everything that could happen. And, and you just read those prayers. That's just read the prayer. But you know what God showed me when we were praying in here the other morning? It was Sandy and Chris and I. And the more I prayed, it was like God said, just teach people to pray. And they'll get so bold in their praying that then when they go out in the, in the bar- marketplace, they'll just start praying. I mean, they'll start speaking just as boldly in the marketplace as they did when they were praying. And they won't even know they did it because they become so accustomed to it. It becomes part of who they are. And so as, they, as they're going out of their prayer closet, They come out in such a way that when they get an opportunity, they just start saying what they've been talking to God because they're already used to talking to God. This is, this is practice preaching. Okay. That's what God told me. Prayer is practice preaching. If you will teach people to pray and to pray boldly, you know, not, Oh God, I think we're going under. It looks like it. We'd probably be under by Saturday if you don't get here. I'm telling you, it's just about over. No, that's not prayer. That's worry called prayer. See, um, when I taught, whoops, when I taught principles of prayer, I, that was one of my favorite classes because it just spurred me on. I had a, a book I taught out of by Jack Hayford. It says, prayer is invading the impossible. And as we were praying, I felt like God said to me, you're going to have to intensify prayer this year. You must intensify prayer. There's things I want to do, and you've got to say so. Everybody say, say so. You've got to start saying and decreeing what I want done in the United States of America. You have to start saying and decreeing what I want done in the church. And now my husband has been saying this to me for a while. He talks to our TV. And this is my husband over here. If you don't know, this is him right here. And, uh, you know, he, he is not, he is not, um, you know, he doesn't have a mental problem. He, (laughs) because he talks to a TV. I mean, God himself, Jesus himself talked to a fig tree. See, we've got to get this mentality. We have things to do and we have things to accomplish and we are preachers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so my husband, when people say things on the TV that he doesn't like, he says, I bind that in the name of Jesus. Now, you know, somebody going by might think, oh, my goodness. The pastor that used to be at Victory, we know why he's retired. <laughs> he, he has started talking to inanimate objects. But, but he believes that God has assigned him for the day we're living in to take authority and dominion over what is happening in this earth. Now, what if the whole church woke up to that? See, we don't have, we don't have evil people. We have an evil devil, a devil that is evil who has kidnapped and 
brainwashed people and they think they're right and they're so wrong. Now they think they're right and they're really, really wrong, but you can't tell them they're wrong. But the Holy Ghost of God is in the earth to convict people and to let them know the error where there's error. And as we pray and we decree and we establish a thing, it sends things out in the heavenlies to stop those lies over those people's lives. You know, uh, when we were in here in the other morning, my sister began to pray for the president. And uh, by the end, she was weeping and sobbing for his life and for his wife's life to be hidden in Christ. I'm telling you, you don't feel that way just cause you feel that way. That is the spirit of God that it says it groans and intercedes and stands and prays. See, that's what God needs right now from the church. And we're going to get to participate in this, but I think it's going to be first in prayer. It's going to be first in prayer. And as people begin to pray, I felt like what God was showing me yesterday morning. Do you see how adamant you're becoming? Teach the people to become that adamant with my word. Teach them to take my word and decree it in their prayer time. And then when you confront or enter in a situation where they, the enemy tries to intimidate you, you'll have no trouble speaking because you've had plenty of practice in your prayer time. You've had practice declaring what the word of God says. You've had practice decreeing a thing. You've had practice and you feel that anointing of God on your life and fear is eradicated, has no place. There won't even be a thought of, ooh, what if, what if, what if I make them mad? No, when the spirit of God is there, it, the entrance of light comes. It will make the devil mad. And he may make people react, but that seed has gone in. And it can never come back out. It has been deposited into the earth, into that life, and it cannot be taken back. You know, uh, Jesus said, my house is a house of prayer. Matthew 21, 13. And Luke 18 says, men ought to pray always. Men ought always to pray. Men always ought to pray, or wherever the always goes, it's in there. Everybody say always. Always. And so in Philippians 4, 6, it says, In everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. You know, when I was young and I was learning uh, the word of God, God gave me the story of Lazarus. And, you know, Lazarus, uh, when he went to, to call, I mean, when uh, Jesus went to call Lazarus out of the tomb, he said, Father, I thank you that you hear me. And I'm saying that so these people will know that, that I'm talking to you, basically. That you'll, they'll know you're real. Listen, that prayer caused somebody to be raised from the dead. That prayer had the power to raise Lazarus from the dead. But God taught me something in that. He said, always thank me. Well, later I found this scripture in Philippians that says, with all prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. And the Lord began to show me, when you're thanking me, you already believe me. Thank you says, I, I got it. You know, you say, please, when you want something. You say, thank you when you have it. And so then God taught me, always thank me. Thank me when you're praying. It is an expression of trust, and it will cause you to know that you trust me. How, how many of you know when you speak to the Lord, it changes who you are, even though you may not always be thinking what you're doing. And, and so uh, as I began to pray, I understood what thanksgiving meant. Now, we're to praise him, but thanking is saying, I already have it. 
I already have it. I'm just taking out of heaven what you want, God, and I'm declaring it into this earth. And as we begin to do that over our families, over the situations that we see, over our schools, over the people who teach in our schools, not, not how bad everybody is, but begin to decree the word of God. I thank you, Father, that all of the teachers in this community have the heart of God for their children. You say, well, that's not true. Well, I don't care whether it's true or not. I'm decreeing what God wants. I'm, I'm not looking at what I see. See, we, this authority that's coming from the Spirit of God cuts through all those things that stand against it because the fullness of Christ is in us. And he wants us to be that company, that army, that battalion that is de- declaring those things in the earth. Uh, Matthew 16, 9, uh, 19, that says that God has given us the keys to the kingdom, the power to bind and to loose. Now, Pastor Bill has taken that literally. And he has said to me, we have got to get the body of Christ to start using their authority to bind and loose. Now, I hear a lot of people who bind everything. I bind that. I bind that. I bind, I, something they don't like. I bind that. Well, you know, the, that's the keys of heaven. We have authority to bind what God wants bound in the earth. And, but the, what comes with that is loosing. Everybody say loosing. See, you bind the devil, but you loose the power of God. See, they go together. They're, they're like joined together because we bind evil, but we loose the good in the situation. And so as the body of Christ, that's something God has given us. And definitely for the hour that we're in, especially in the hour that we're in, in this nation, I believe God is going to raise up the church and we are going to stand mighty in what's happening in the earth because of our authority in prayer. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, you know, that means uh, to me, it, it, we're in a society that's totally self. I have time for me and me and me and me and me and my four maybe, but I don't have time for that. No, we have an assignment from heaven to take authority and dominion in the earth. I want you to turn to James and we'll conclude with this scripture, James chapter five. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. Turn to your neighbor and said, who says who's righteous? <laughs> the Bible says use righteous. <laughs> That's who says use righteous. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I want to clarify that before we get into the scripture. Now, in James chapter 5, it says in verse 13, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Everybody say, let him pray. See, a lot of times when people are suffering, they go get somebody else to pray. But my Bible says, let him pray. If you're suffering, then you pray. Well, you say, I don't, I, I, I'm, I don't pray as good as somebody else. It's not how good you pray. It's that you pray believing that he is able. Everybody say he is able. See, he is able. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Now here comes the, the elders of the church, the, the pastors, the, those that are called in that office and authority, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Then it goes on and says, and the prayer of faith. Everybody say the prayer of faith. Will save the sick 
and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. That's not the pastor. That's anybody who knows Jesus Christ. That's a righteous man and woman. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man. Now, I've had people say, well, how is, what is effective and what is fervent and what is, you know, this isn't a performance. It isn't about your prayer being better than somebody else's prayer. You know what makes prayer effective and fervent? You've got a revelation on the inside. This is going to (laughs) work. Look out, buddy. (laughs) This is going to work. I'm not doing it. But the fullness of him who's in me, he is going to do it. See, and that's effective, fervent. Now, that doesn't come maybe just like that. But it comes when you spend time in prayer and you see God. See, my little friend that got her little, she gets her phone out, prays that prayer night before she goes to bed. That prayer is working for her. You know what's also working? There's faith rising up on the inside of her. And she's going to get that prayer book I give her, and I don't know what she'll do with that. Hallelujah. (laughs) She'll be trying all those things on somebody, I'm sure. But the good news is, see, she believes that it works. Because she said, I'm so glad that all you came to dinner. See, so we come, we come, but what comes with us is the life of God. I'm not promoting it. I'm saying it comes with you. See, you've got to begin to believe. Listen, when I come, I come bearing gifts. The gift of Almighty God that's on the inside of me. And I'm not embarrassed to give it to you. Because I'm not the one that will make it work. He's working with me. I just say what he says, and he worketh it. Hallelujah. I just say what he says, and he works it in my life, in your life, in everyone's life. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. You know, Elijah turned into a chicken after he was just a mighty man. I'm not saying you're chickens, but how many of you have had times where you feel like the mighty man, then you don't feel like the mighty man. But it says he was a man with a nature like ours. He, he, had, to, he had to live in the natural. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. You know, I never see anywhere in there where God says it's time to to rain. It's Elijah who decides, I'm going to take you on, all you prophets of Baal, all you demons and devils, and I'm going to show you who's God, and then we'll pray for the rain. And the rain will come. And he was so sure that he sent that servant back again and said, go look again, because I'm telling you, I'm praying the prayer of faith here. And it is going to rain just like it stopped. I believe we're there. I believe we're there. I believe we're there in this church. Second Corinthians 4, 7 says, Precious treasure in earthen vessels. We have this precious treasure in earthen vessels. That's the Holy Ghost. Everybody say the Holy Ghost. That's him who makes it able to happen in the earth today by the power of God. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. I'm going to pray for you, but I want to read one thing because there may be some cracked pots here. I didn't say crack pots. <laughs> this year, you know, I, I like to do Bible reading. This one is The Confident Woman by Joyce Meyer. 
How many of you know she's pretty confident? But this is what she said. God works through jars of clay and what I often call cracked pots. This means we're flawed. This is true. We are so flawed that when people look at us and see amazing things happen, they know it must be God at work because it certainly is not us. I travel with my sister a lot, and she means well. But after I preach, and I mean there will be a move of God, and God just touches people's lives. I mean people have miracle things happen, and she'll get up and say, I just want you all to know that was not my sister. Because uh, she can't even pray a good prayer. I mean, she did. I, I slept with her for 20 some. She starts in on this story about how we slept in the same bedroom. It definitely isn't me. Everybody say a cracked pot. She isn't. I'm not saying she's a cracked pot. Uh, she's saying I'm a cracked pot. And I am a cracked pot. But you know what? When you're cracked, then the light spills out. And that's Jesus. Amen? That's what we want. Don't we? You know, I may have a lot of cracks. I may have made a lot of mistakes. But hallelujah, there's some light flowing out of those cracks. So Jesus is shining through my cracked pot. And when we get all done, they're going to walk away and say, man, isn't God amazing? Not isn't she amazing. Isn't God amazing? We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.